kind of news. I want to just preach out of a scripture this morning out of 1 Thessalonians. Four words. It's a verse that contains four words. But I think it's very appropriate for what's going on in our church and in our lives. And uh, this scripture, within just four words, to me, contains a warning and an invitation. Um, and it's in First Thessalonians 5.19. Quench not the spirit. I like this in the Amplified Version. Also, it says, Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. As I was thinking about this this week, I thought, you know, this is something that's very... Charged with warning. You know, because if we quench the Spirit of God, the Bible tells us that if, you know, it makes us an enemy of God if we're fighting against God. So if we're stifling what God is desiring to do, we're fighting against God. So there's really a warning in this to do not quench the Spirit, let God have His way. And, uh, in all reality, there's <laughs> no way to really tell it. I don't believe, in a sense, if we are quenching the Spirit or not, but we have to be humble to what God's Word says to us. And that's, in a sense, to be subject to those that are in authority over us. You know, if someone, uh, you know, just as you've come to this church, in a sense, you've placed yourself under my authority... You know, I'm not saying that I'm going to rule your life or not, anything like that. But spiritually, you've committed yourself to me. So, you know, if, if things that I'm doing aren't satisfying you, you know, don't get mad. Get on your knees. Amen. None of us are perfect. But I believe we all are desiring to hear the voice of God. And by being unresponsive to the Spirit, by not listening to what He's telling us, we're quenching the Spirit. And if you think of quenching as I think of quenching, that's putting water on a fire. Yeah, dousing it, putting it out. You know, have you ever heard the term, they're a wet blanket? Don't be a wet blanket in the church of God. Don't put out the fire of God. It was mentioned this morning about the Holy Spirit and the fire. Hallelujah. God's desire is to burn within our midst for many different reasons. First of all, fire produces light. It draws people by its warmth. Uh, you know, it can separate good things from bad things. It's used in purging of, of gold and silver and precious minerals and and metals like that. There's so much to fire, but 
for us to be the wet blanket that puts it out, puts us in opposition to God. God says, quench not the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not be unresponsive to His working and guidance within your life. We see this so often throughout the Scriptures. You can look at the history of Israel and see this throughout. God's desire was to take them out of Egypt and to lead them into the promised land. Because they would not listen to the Spirit or follow the one that was in charge, Moses, they ended up wandering around for 40 years. And most of them didn't even make it in to the promised land. They quenched the Spirit of God. They were unbelieving. Uh, they were unfaithful. Many things that they were is not what we want to be. We don't want to be like Israel. The Bible says that they were an example set forth for us and their shortcomings are not to become part of our life. They were set there to teach us that that's not the way to do things. You know, we can't quench the spirit. I was thinking maybe we should turn there. Let's go to Numbers chapter 16. I want to show you an example of some people that were quenching the Spirit. I'm just going to read a few verses here, and then we're just going to talk about them. Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, he was a Levite, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Pelas, sons of Reuben, took action. And they rose up before Moses, together with some of the sons of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation chosen in the assembly, Men of renown. Why don't you think about this? We're seeing a Levite, uh, a couple children of the children of Israel, Reubenites, and we see 250 of the leaders of Israel. You would think they would know what was going on, right? I mean, if you can't trust your leaders, who can you trust? They stood up. They assembled themselves together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You've gone far enough. For all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? I was thinking about this, and I thought, You know what they were saying? Who made you boss? You know what I'd have said if I was Moses? The guy who talked to me out of the burning bush. But that's not what Moses did. When Moses heard this, he fell on his face. He got before God. Here he's being accused. After being appointed by God, being anointed by God, being accused of, why are you doing all this? 
What makes you so important that you're in charge? Who made you boss? Without taking into consideration who had made him boss, who had put him in control, who had anointed him. You know, I, I don't think we understand sometimes the anointing of God. Truly, we all are anointed. But we're anointed to different things. And we have to make sure that we're not quenching the spirit of those who have been anointed to do certain things. These men began to talk and to get together and say, you know, these guys just have got too much power. We've got to change this. We've got to become part of this. When God didn't ask them to be. He asked them to be leaders in Israel. They were men of renown within the tribe of Israel. But they were not the chosen one that God had chosen and anointed to lead them to the promised land. And as they began to scheme against Moses and talk against Moses, they quenched the spirit. And remember what I said earlier? That put them in direct enmity with God. They became the enemy of God. And I, I like this. When Moses fell on his face, now there's later in here he begins to pray for the children of Israel, those round about. But that's not what he's doing here. He's not praying for these men. He's praying for direction. God, what do I do with this? And God told him what to do. He said, you know, get these guys together. Tomorrow morning we'll just have a showdown. And we'll see who is God and who is right. And if you know the rest of the story, a miraculous thing happened that wasn't very good for them. The earth opened up and swallowed them. And everything that contained or pertained to them, their houses, their flocks, their children... So it's very important that we do not quench the Spirit of God. It's like I was saying before. If you see something that you don't agree with, pray about it. Get on your knees and pray about it. If you feel like it's something that you need to present, present it. But do it out of a heart of humility, not out of, I know better, I can do it better. Who made you boss? The Bible talks about, if it were possible, the enemy would deceive the very elect. To me, these guys were very elect, and they were deceived. We have to be very careful in what we allow into our hearts and lives. God's desire that we would love each other and trust each other, that what people are doing under the calling of God is what God has called them to do. I was reading a scripture this morning in Romans 8, 14, and I'd never seen it this way. And God just kind of pierced it into my mind. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. I don't know what you think when you read something like that. That's a positive. I mean, it's an absolute to me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So what does that mean if we take it the other direction? If you're not led by the Spirit of God, 
Are you not son of God? I'd never seen this before. I think it's very clear. I mean, I believe what the word says. If you're being led by the Spirit, you're a son of God. If you're not being led by the Spirit, you're going to be one of those that said, didn't I do many mighty things in your name? And he'll say, I didn't really know you. And I want you to think about the promises of God. Who are they appropriated for? His children. His children. If you want the promises of God, you've got to learn how to follow the leading of the Spirit. You've got to live in a state that does not quench the Spirit. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by what the enemy would try to put in your minds and your hearts. All things can be accomplished through prayer. If I, as your leader, am not doing what's right, pray God will take me out of the way. He's the one that puts people in and takes them out. You'll find many places in the scripture where it says that they would not touch a person because they were God's anointed. You know, it's a, it's a fearful thing to, to come against those who have been called by God, just as we saw here in Numbers. We need to make sure that we're living humbly, humbly with God, trusting that God is doing what is right within our hearts and lives. We talk about that so often. We, we talk about the scripture. Well, we, we know that everything works together for good to those that love God. And we say it and we say it, but do we believe it? If things aren't exactly going right in my life, what do I do about it? Complain about it? That's what the Israelites did. Where did it get them? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, 40 years in the desert. That's right. Got them nowhere. We cannot be complainers. We've got to take our petitions to God. He's the one that knows how to handle the situation. He's, knows, he's the one that knows what's to, what needs to be done in the situation. We've got to be people of humble hearts. Trusting uh, those that God has placed over us. Hallelujah. And if we are those that have been placed over, we have to be humble, searching for the will and purpose of God that we might lead the flock of God in the right direction. But I just want to encourage you this morning, don't be a wet blanket. I was saying that this is kind of a twofold, that there's a warning in this. I believe there's also an invitation in this. Follow me. Do what I ask. Don't quench what I ask you to do. Don't put out the fire that I am starting or that I have started or that I've built to great proportions. Don't put it out. Don't dampen it. Don't douse it. Be that one that fans the flames, that continues to make the fire grow. Hallelujah. Add to don't subtract. Cry out to God. Don't complain. Hallelujah. Quench not the spirit. Father, I just want to thank you for your word, for your life. Lord, may we be those that do not quench the spirit. May we hear the voice of God and do what he asks us to do. Father, your word, Jesus said... I must go away that I might send the comforter. And when he comes, he will lead you 
into all truth. That says to us, Lord, that we must follow. His desire is to lead us. But if we won't be led, we're not following the Spirit. And if we're not following the Spirit, we're not the sons of God as according to your word. Make us true sons of God, followers of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Father, I just love you for your word, Lord, that it's so direct. Lord, it's, it's just there. I just thank you, Lord, that we can trust it, we can believe in it. Lord, we can apply it to our lives and it works. I just ask, Lord, did you help us not to quench the Spirit? May we not be complainers, Lord, but be those that petition and cry out to God. Lord, I just love you and praise you. Just thank you for your visitation here this morning. Just pray, Lord, that all that has said, been said and done, Lord, will remain. Hallelujah, Lord, that the enemy will not be able to come in and steal the seed. Hallelujah, Lord, that the seed will not become unfruitful, but, Lord, that it will be in good fertile ground and that it will bring forth much fruit. We just love you for that, Lord, that your desire is to increase and not decrease. Increase us, Lord, in your spirit, we ask in the name of Christ. Amen. You're dismissed this morning.